Hello, folks, back out there in the world. You back with your episode. Uh, this is episode 10, I believe. First episode of the new year. Um, I know I've been a little MIA. You know, I got some some things to handle, but trying to change that, trying to be more consistent. I know that's the only way this podcast is really going to grow is if, uh, you know, you got to be consistent. Whatever you want to pursue in life, man, you just got to be consistent with it. That's a big part of it. Showing up, showing up, man. 80% of the job is showing up. So I'm here today, new podcast for the new year. Um, got some, got a great one lined up for you. Got my notes here, my cheat sheets, uh, the dirt sheets, what they call it in wrestling. But, you know, just want to say um, for all those that watch and, and, and been sticking with me, thank you. You know, um, it's not an easy thing to do to come on here and try to be entertaining for at least 20, 30 minutes of your time. So if you've been listening, you've been faithful to the Shiesty Show. Thank you. Much appreciated. So um, let's get right into it, man. Um, first one I want to hit, I haven't been able to talk about football, so uh, I want to talk about the Jags' loss. Um, they really surprised me, man. That was actually a team I was starting to root for. That was a team I was actually choosing to go to the Super Bowl. Hold on, excuse me real quick. I was actually the team I was. Um, I wanted to go to the Super Bowl, and I, I was looking at to compete. Um, they competed to the end, man. You know, it didn't really turn out the way they wanted to. And KC, uh, even with Mahomes hurting his ankle, it's just a high, too much, too much, man. Too much of a higher-powered offense there for them to try to compete. But Trevor Lawrence looks like the real deal, man. Um, He looked sharp. He he carried the game. I seen him make a run where he actually took a tackle on, you know, lined up, wasn't afraid of the contact. So, you know, he's also a big guy, too. He's tall like Josh Allen. Um... So I see him and give him a couple of years and he'll be, I feel he has the capability to be in that boat with Patrick Mahomes and, and Josh Allen and um, Joe Burrow and, and those, those guys up there. But uh, overall, man, Jacksonville really shocked a lot of people. Um, you know, they did good. Uh, like I said, the future looks bright with Trevor Lawrence. Uh, my boy Zay Jones over there, you know, looking nice, had him in fantasy. Um you know, they all around solid team, solid defense, and uh, something to build on for them, man. So, sucks for the Jags, but they lost. And then, what I would like to talk about, too, is how the NFL, this is like when I was watching The Last Dance, um, how uh, Charles Barkley was saying that Chicago was already getting the champagne ready. Kind of like when the Heat and the Spurs were in that finals in 2013, and and uh, Spurs were already bringing the champagne to the locker rooms, man. That's a little disrespectful to other teams. So, you know, a little fire in, in, in the Bengals. And um, with the report of the championship game already being sold for the Bills and Chiefs, um, totally a slap in the face if I'm a Bengals or a Bengals fan. So I, I think they had a little extra juice, man. They had a little extra juice to knock off Josh Allen. And and to be quite honest, Josh Allen did not play well. Um, and that's surprising for me because when I first started this show, uh, if you go back to one of the first episodes, I said Buffalo was one of the favorites to win uh, the Super Bowl. And that's not even me being a Buffalo fan. Don't like nothing about Buffalo. Um, but as a fan, I thought Buffalo would be there to the end with the Chiefs. Um but you got to hand it to Joe Burrow, man. The guy I named the podcast after. Um, he's cool, calm, collective. Looks like he's been here before. 
That's because he's been here before. Um, going to his second AFC championship back-to-back years, man. Um, him and Patty Mahomes. This 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 looks like a store, uh, historic rivalry for, for years to come. They're still while, you know, pretty young. Uh, Mid-20s, I believe, for both these guys. So, you know, plenty of years left in the tank, you know, especially if they play to be as long as Tom Brady. Um, we should have many more of these games right here, but uh, Bengals put it out, man. And, and another thing is, I will say this for the Bills, and, I, and, and this point was uh, pretty valid when I heard it too um, on another podcast that I can't remember at the moment, but I do remember them making a point that uh, that's why they went and got Von Miller for those type of games because, you know, in all honesty, Joe Burrow had a lot of time back there. He was looking sharp, picking him apart. So once Vaughn Miller left, you know, it kind of changed the dynamics of that defense um, because he was he was having another great year as he's he's ending in, as he's ending the towards of his career, uh, back end of his career. So, you know, that that could have had a lot to do with it. But overall, good game by the Bengals. Can't hate them, man. They got they got one in Jamar Chase. They got Joe Mixon. I know T. Higgins has kind of been out of it a little bit after what happened with uh, D- uh, Damon, Damon Harmon. Harmon, I believe his name is. Sorry if I'm butchering it, but, you know, after that whole situation. And uh, glad to see he was better. He was at the game. Um, just just God willing, man. You never want to see something like that on the football field. And it, and it kind of puts in perspective um, Maybe maybe young kids shouldn't play tackle football at such an early age. I don't really want to get into it too much. But I know seeing something like that makes a lot of parents in the world uh, second-guess putting their son in football, or at least before high school, you know, flag football. But at least before high school, man, um, let, let the brains develop a little bit more. Um, but overall, that whole situation, man, you, you never want to see something like that. Um, but... You know, it's a part of the game, and it's the risk they take. But uh, glad he's doing better. Uh, Bengals pull it out. You know, they look sharp. They look strong. Like I said, they're looking uh, pretty pretty solid, man. They're probably going to be my pick to uh, win the whole thing here, especially if Patrick Mahomes is is not going to be uh, 100%. You know, that that's more in the favor for the Bengals. So with that, I got, I got Bengals winning that one. Now the Eagles and 49ers. It's going to be a defensive game right here. Because the Eagles really shut down, uh, went into New York. New York came to Philly. And the Philly defense really showed up, man. Um, they really carried the team. Uh, with Jalen Hurts being out, backup quarterback. You know, they really they really held it up, man. And uh, defense kept that game out of reach. Uh, didn't let Daniel Jones get started. Didn't let Saquon Barkley get started. Someone that I had in fantasy, and, and I was expecting at least for them to be able to run the ball. The guy only got 60 yards on the ground, so you know, not not a very good day uh, for for a running team like New York. But hey, man, you got to hats off to Philly. They're going back again. You know, uh, since the years I've been watching football, I've seen Philly win a Super Bowl and lose a Super Bowl, and, and uh, that was the year To had a had a screw in his ankle and. and Still came out there and was the best receiver on the field, man. Talk about uh, talk about wanting that ring, but <clears throat> you know, overall, Philly going back. Um, Forty Nine ers. That's another great defense, man. Another great defense. Joey Bosa, 
You know, those guys really get after it, man. Uh, from the Raider game, they they uh, he was the one to end the game. So you got to keep an eye on Bosa always. Um, they they got a lot of speed on that defense. They fly around. They get to the ball. You know, um, Brock Purdy looking like the real deal. He ain't looking like you know. Sometimes when a when a backup QB comes in, he might go on a little streak. He might win a couple games. But once defenses start to figure him out and uh, really game plan for him, um, you kind of you kind of see why they they're backup quarterbacks in the league and they're not really starters. Uh, but this kid's not looking like a third. Uh, he's not looking like the third string guy right now. He's looking like the first string guy, and that's what he is, man. They said Mister Irrelevant. Uh, he showed up. He's showing out. Not not a Niners fan at all, but I respect the game and uh, what he's been doing. I will say this. It's nice to it's nice to be a new QB in the game of in the NFL and uh, have a safety blanket like McCaffrey and Debo Samuel, two guys that kind of uh, kind of mimic each other and do the same thing uh, on the football field. So, you know, um, hopefully, hopefully uh, they can pull it out. But we'll see here, man. Um, for me in this game, I probably go with the Niners. I th- I just think the Niners on offense are clicking. Uh, defense is rolling. So um, I think it's just going to be a little bit too much for Philly. Uh, Jalen Hurts had a great season. He really tore it up, you know, taking taking the lead by storm. Um, but I really think that uh, Niners and Bengals calling it here first on the Shiesty Show. Um, I feel that's what the Super Bowl is going to be. So, uh, hope, you know, hopefully I'm right. But if not, fuck it. Anyways, back to it. Um David Carr attacking the Raiders. How do I feel about it? Uh, of course, man. He's going to stick up for his brother. I think any brother would do this for their brother. Uh, you know, he has a voice. He's on NFL Network. He can uh, voice the frustration of Derek Carr, who doesn't maybe want to be so public about his frustrations and, and the way it was handled, him leaving the Raiders. Um, But as I got to say, man, what, in the defense of the Raiders... Okay, think of it like this. You hire a guy at your company. You want the company to thrive. You want this person to thrive. They do good. Your company does good, right? So you hire this person. You have him on your team for nine years. He gets you almost there, but not over the hump. Nine years, you've been, okay, maybe this is the year. Maybe this is the year. Maybe this is the year. Nine years, and, and it's you're still in the same place, or even worse sometimes. And I get he's had different coaches. I guess I get he's had to go through a lot of things and in the Raider culture has been shifting and trying to turn back into winning and being a winning franchise. I get all that. But at the same time, this was the year that I told myself, this is Derek Carr's chance right here. Offensive line, you can say what you want for the team they had and the offensive line they had. They gave Carr plenty of times I've seen him have plenty of protection and just make a bad read, make a bad throw, you know, inconsistency was the killer for Derek Carr. And, and, and we're seeing it with Dak Prescott, you know, you, yeah, you can get the team to the playoffs, but eventually the fans are going to get tired. They want a Super Bowl, man. We don't, we don't watch football just to see our team get booted in the playoffs. We watch it to win them, uh, get a championship. And, it's happened when it's happening with Dak. It's happened with Derek Carr. It happened with Baker Mayfield. 
these guys that have great talent, have great skill at the position, but just some just doesn't it doesn't click to get the team over the hump. And this was the year for Derek Carr and for me and his last chance because whatever he said, he had Crabtree and Amari. They both went over a thousand yards. This is when he was in his MVP season before he had his leg broken. Um, this is probably the best group he's had since then. You know, debating because Renfro and Waller got hurt. But, you know, you have Adams. You had Mac Hollins who showed up. Foster Monroe played nice when he needed to. You had one. You had the best running back behind you and a decent offensive line. And a lot of those games the Raiders were in and just fumbled the bag and, and, and fumbled it away. Um, not all on car, but a lot of it has to do with the leader. And, um, you know, it's just time, man. And I, and I, I don't take no hate to David, David Carr. You know, who's David Carr? He ain't win nothing. Houston sucked. Yeah, I get he got trampled because they didn't have an old line. Left there, went to Carolina. Sucked. Nobody know who he was. So for him to come and bash the Raiders about something, I get it, man. Stick up for your brother. But your brother bought nothing for nine years. No playoff wins, but was getting paid money like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. Dak, you're on the list too, man. They're coming for you if you don't shape up because new rookies coming in every year won that spot. Be the starting quarterback of the Raiders, the Cowboys, these these historic franchises. So keep your eyes peeled because it's gonna be a lot of a lot of movement in this free agency. Um, and speaking of David Carr, the team that <clears throat> is considering trading for his brother Derek Carr um, is Houston, the Houston Texans. Isn't that ironic? You don't think uh, maybe David has something to do with that? Um, put a call in for his brother. Maybe spoken into existence on NFL Network. It's probably what he did, right? <clears throat> but if if uh, I said the three teams that I can see uh, Derek Carr going to, I, I, I did believe Houston was one of the teams after losing Deshaun Watson. Um, I feel Cleveland is always up in the air. Who knows how good uh Deshaun Watson is going to be coming back from from playing being out of football for two years um Carolina's still looking for their guy I don't believe that they have all the faith in uh Sam Darnold over there um Atlanta you know there's going to be there's going to be some few few landing spots for him because these teams are starting to Gear up to try to go find their quarterback now that the Peyton Mannings and the Drew Brees and the Tom Brady's are slowly fading out of the league here. So uh, those are some teams I believe he'll go to. Houston, why not? His brother played there. So if we could sign and trade, if they can sign and trade for him and we can get, I believe Derek Carr is, is still a good passer. He still can, he can still spin it. Um, so I would I would I would say no less than a second or third round pick for uh, Derek Carr, and uh, that'd be good compensation, man. No no hate to Derek Carr. I know he put a heartfelt letter out on Instagram to the Raider fans and Raider Nation, and uh, respect what he did. He he kept us competitive for the time he was here, but it's time to move on. All things come to an end, and uh, it's just time, man. So we don't have to hear about this next year. 
Um, the QB situation for Vegas, another team that's going to be on the hunt for a QB. Um, Tom Brady, uh, I just, at this point, man, his last playoff game, uh, he did not look good at all. Um, it was uh, not a good performance for him. Is it father time or is it just things going on in his mind? Uh, it could be a little bit of both. But I don't really see people saying that he's washed. I don't really see that much of a difference from being 44 and 46. Yeah, it's two years, but he was just winning the Super Bowl at 44 years old. Um, practically with the same squad. Minus Gronk and AB. Um, so, does he still have some juice left in the tank? I believe he does. Do I want to see him go to the Raiders? If Tom Brady can bring us a Super Bowl, I would love for him to go to the Raiders. Do I believe he can? At this point in his career and where he's at in life and his personal life, I don't really see Tom Brady uh, bringing Vegas a Super Bowl. And that's just my honest opinion. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm right. Maybe he comes, but comes to the Raiders. But um, from from my vantage point and and my view, I don't I don't see it see it happening that way. Um, trade for Aaron Rodgers. I think you would have to give up too much to get Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and at this point, the the Raiders they can't afford to lose draft picks here. You know, we missed quite a few first round picks. Uh, guys that just didn't pan out. Henry Rugg situation. So, um, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's a good idea for the Raiders. Um, should they go young and get someone in the draft? If you can get a solid guy, you think can compete. If you think Jerry Stidham can compete for a starting job and, and, and hold it up while the young guy learns, I'm all for it. But right now with the team we have, these guys are in their, mid to late twenties. Adams just turned 30. Um, you know, I think it's, it's win now. I think it's win now. No rebuild mode here. I think it's win now. And I did hear Waller and Renfro are on the trading block for the Raiders as well. Um, I think a lot of times the news and, uh, these analysts like to throw things out there like that just so the Raiders can make a dumb move. And these guys can criticize it and, and talk trash about it. Because I heard the same thing about Jacobs last year. He was on the bubble. Raiders were going to get rid of him. And uh, he comes out and has one of the best seasons ever as a Raider. And says he wants to stay a Raider. So um, I don't really believe the news until I see it's official. I don't see what the point would be of getting rid of Renfro and Waller. You know, those guys go perfect with what uh, Devontae Adams brings to the team. So that would... uh be ludicrous to me to make that to make that happen so um and for the last thing of football we got the pole ball coming up next weekend after these uh championship games um the pro ball to turn into a flag football game uh they don't really hit each other anyways so uh, i don't think it's really gonna make that much that much of a difference um but we'll see. I want to. I'm really excited and eager to see the 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 skills challenge. I want to see how that goes down. I want to see if it's gonna be uh like in the early 2000s where they had the throwing competition and hitting the hitting the cones or seeing how far you could throw it or 
hitting the targets. Um, I like to see something like that. I think definitely the NFL. If the NBA does it for the All Star Weekend, I definitely believe the NFL should do that as well. Um, bring a little more excitement, a little more uh, thrills to the to the Pro Bowl because it hasn't been really much. Um, I know they were having a hard time selling at that that stadium in Hawaii, but it hasn't really been much. So we'll see how it goes this year. It's in Vegas. Maybe more people will show up and, and, and it'll be electric. Going to be a flag football game. Uh, of course, I'm going for the AFC. That's where my team resides. So I'm always team AFC. Let's go, baby. Um, and we'll see how we'll see how they do that. Um, so that's football news for you. Now let's hop into this boxing news. First thing I want to touch on is uh, they made it mandatory for Keith Thurman and Earl Spence to uh, have a fight. Um, we'll see if that happens. You know, in boxing, they're always making mandatories. And doesn't mean it's always going to happen. But this is one I see. Uh, this is one that I can see happening only because I feel Terrence and Earl are still so far apart on the negotiations, whether it's them or whether it's top rank or Earl's promotion. Um, so I, I just I think it's too far apart on those right now to to say that that fight is uh, going to happen. Um, what's supposed to happen, but we'll see. Like I said, boxing is so flip-flop and, you know, bipolar. Um, so we'll see if that fight's going to happen. But this one I think can happen, and I, I think it's a solid fight, man. I think Thurman's been licking his chops to get the opportunity to, to uh, prove himself once again because before he left the game, he was one of the top welterweights, you know, and he took down Sean Porter. And the only fight that was ever close for Earl Spence and went to split decision was his fight against Sean Porter. And if you go back to that Keith Thurman fight when he was at the peak, uh, for majority of the fight, he handled Sean Porter until Sean Porter kind of turned on that power, uh, relentlessness at the end of the fight and, and, and made it close. But if you watch that fight, first one through seven was all Keith Thurman pretty, pretty decisively. Um, the age is not that much of a difference. Keith Thurman, 34. Earl Spence, 32. The height is not that much of a difference. Um, Spence, maybe I give him, well, you know, they used to call him Keith one time. So, you know, the power, I don't feel is a, too much of a difference. Um, Keith Thurman only has one loss on his record, man. And that's against one of the top fighters in history. Top 10 in history, if you want to take it there, uh, with Manny Pacquiao. And who knows how many champions that guy's laid out. So that one loss is not really a bad critique to take it against somebody like Manny Pacquiao, you know, uh, one of the best fighters ever. So I, I don't think, I think a lot of people now probably escape and don't really remember Keith Thurman. Uh, I'm talking about 2016, 2017 Keith Thurman. But we'll see, man. Uh, I think it's a good fight. I think it's a good challenge for Earl. I think it's a good opportunity for Keith to come back and and uh, stake his place uh, as one of the top welterweights in the game right now. Um, do I do who do I see winning the fight? I'll be honest with you. Seeing what Keith Thurman did when he was in his at his prime, and knowing that thirty four is not really that far off from where he was at 
Now, if he's 40 years old, like a triple G, still trying to get by, uh, it's, it's going to be a lot different. But but 34 and 32, the father time has not really pressed the gap that much in that in that fight right there. So if I had to choose, I'd say Earl is probably the better fighter. But I think if Keith can pull it out and, and dig deep, I think he could pull it off, man. So I'll keep Keith Thurman that fight if it does happen. Um, next fight I got on my list is Ryan Garcia Tank. This is the one everyone wants to see. The one they've been posting about on Instagram. It's official paperwork. And we be getting all. He's, I seen him at the club. He tried to take my chain. We, uh, Ryan, I, I get on a, you need a step ladder to hit me, boy. You know, um, we seen it all, man. Trash talking the back and forth. What these guys do is pump up the show. But now it's time to show. Um, it's time to get in the ring. Um, for what I know, um, Ryan said he's agreed to everything Tank wanted. Tank said he, you know, Ryan's a challenge. He's not going to be easy. I like that because usually Tank is very cocky. Uh, but he 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 knows he knows what's at stake here, man. It's a big fight. This is what the fans glamour for. This is what the fans pay the hard-earned money for to see two top fighters in the prime of their life um, compete. You know, that's that's what it's all about in the, in sports. It's just that you want to see the best of the best compete. And that's what we pay to see. Um, so, and uh, we gotta we gotta hope that it's coming close. I, I read on Instagram one of my buddies from work, uh, my boy Pierre. You know, uh, sent me sent me something that Oscar's saying the deal is in the works and that um, it should be signed, sealed, delivered coming soon. So hopefully they don't hit us in a couple weeks with some bullshit about why it's not happening. This and that promotion did this. At the end of the day. We're ready. The fighters are ready. There's no reason why this fight shouldn't happen for boxing. Um, so, man, uh, let's let's just hope that one happens right there. Um, next on my list, another fight that is confirmed and is going to happen is Caleb Plant versus uh, Caleb Plant versus David Benavides. Um, one one power puncher against a skilled boxer. Which Benavides being the power puncher and Plant being a, a skilled guy, man, he he uh, for the rounds he was hanging in there with Canelo, um, that he was competitive, um, competitive. And uh, David Benavides, I can't, I'm I'm a boxing fan, but I can't say that I've lot I watched a lot of his fights. Um, I've watched Plant a little bit more just because I know the name when he fought Canelo. Uh, David Benavides, I heard is a monster, but I haven't, can't say off the top of my head, a big name that he's crushed and demolished that I really think is a, a, is a warrior or, or, or a top guy. Um, but this is it right here. Uh, whoever wins this fight guarantees is going to call out Canelo. Um, either plant gets the rematch or Benavides destroys plant and, and makes it look easy. And kind of forces Canelo's hand in that situation because Canelo can't say you fought no one at that point because Canelo has fought Caleb Plant as well. Um, so, you know, this fight coming up, definitely I, I see I see whoever wins this fight uh, probably going to take on Canelo. The Canelo's way. I don't think Canelo's going to go back up to Chase Bevo anymore. I think he realizes maybe that weight was a little too much for him. Unless Bevo is willing to come down. And at this point, Bevo is the champion. 
he's calling shots at, at, at his division. So unless he wants the payday, he want the payday. You want a payday. You know, Canelo, <laughs> he just want a payday. Um, you know, so everyone wants to fight Canelo when it comes to the money and, and money talk. So that fight's not definitely out the deal. But I see the plant Benavidez winner taking them on and, and Canelo coming back September 16th around that time. You know, those are his dates. I think May 5th, I was thinking he would come back around May. But I think from his injury, from that Triple G fight uh, and getting surgery, I think he's going to need a little bit more time. So I think September 16th, um, we'll see Canelo and uh, either Benavidez or Caleb Plant. You, you heard it here first on the Shiesty Show. You know, um, so we'll see if that happens, man. That's boxing news. Daily news. Let's check it in here, man. Um, NBR All-Star Weekend. How do I feel about All-Star Weekend? I like the vibe around All-Star Weekend. I like turning on the TV on on a Friday night, watching the Skills Challenge, drinking some beer, relaxing. Um, Saturday, you turn it on. There's another event. You got the dunk contest. You know everyone and the three-point contest. Everyone tunes in for that. And actually, the three-point contest, the last couple years I've watched, has been more exciting than the damn dunk contest, man. Steph Curry changed the game. God damn. But in all honesty... Um, yeah, man, the dunk contest is 2016, Zach Levine, Aaron Gordon. It, it's been hard to top that, you know, Aaron Gordon came back again, uh, has some solid dunks, but it, it's been real hard to top that one, you know, because before that we had the Trent, we had the, what, Jason Richardson, uh, that one was sick. Uh, of course we had the Nate Rob. You know, dunk contest, dunking over Dwight. That's that's always classic. Dwight breaking out the cape and everything. Um, so you know that's 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 what we going in the league right there. So All Star Weekend, you know, I like it. Um, do I think? Hold on here, I got some pop up. Hold on, folks. Sorry about that. Um, do I like it? Do I like uh, NBA All-Star Weekend? I like it. I just, they got to do something about the dunk contest, man. Um, that's the main money grab for the for the whole weekend because the All-Star game is cool, but there's no defense. Um, same thing with the Pro Bowl. I think if they put some money on the line for these guys or or, or really put something to to uh, a draft pick, something to, something to play for for these guys, um, I think I think it'd be more entertaining because right now the All-Star game and the Pro Bowl it's it's cool to have it on as background noise, but it's not something people really pay attention to. And that's just me being honest about it. So that's how I feel about it. Let's hope the dunk contest this year doesn't put everybody to sleep like it has the last couple of years. Uh next we got Tory Lanes, man. Um I haven't really got a chance to touch on this. Tory Lanes. Um He's been charged with shooting Meg Thee Stallion. And um, you know what, man? I, I, I'm going to be honest. I, I can admit when I'm wrong, I was starting to flip-flop. Um, I was starting to think that Meg was lying. I started to, you know, after finding out that she, she lied in court about being with Tori and a lot of things that went on. Uh, I feel like a lot of those people were lying. But in general, you know, and then hearing the call come out about he was tripping and he doesn't know why he did that. He was mad drunk. 
Um, you know, when you're drunk and you're angry, stuff happens, man. And you got to be responsible. You pulled a gun out and you shot at somebody. You shot somebody, a woman at that black woman. Whether she's black, white, Asian, doesn't matter. You shouldn't be mad enough to pull a gun out. If you don't hit a woman, and I've heard Tori talk about this in interviews, about beating women, about raping women. He's very advocate for loving women. And no matter what a woman does to you, you shouldn't punch them in the face, number one. And definitely, you shouldn't pull a gun out and in a heat of rage shoot at them. Um just all around, man. Just, just a bad place of judgment, bad things. Uh, it just shows you, man. Even, even problems happen in the suburbs where, where there's money unlimited, um, and you don't think these things happen. They happen anywhere and everywhere. And I like Tory Lanez, man. Uh, I was a big fan of his music. Um, I thought the dude was real talented, man. I even have a couple covers I did of uh, some Tory Lanez songs, but I can't, I can't respect that, man. Um, so Tory charged another one charged too. We got Alec Baldwin. Um, another guy that's got to take accountability, man. Uh, when I first heard the story, I thought it wasn't going to anything going to happen, be happened to him because I did not know he was the producer of this movie. So being the producer, you got to take control of what's happening on the set. Um, even if he didn't load the gun, you hire these people that come to your set. You should know who they are, what the record is, because pointing and aiming a gun and shooting it, um, you're going to have to do your homework, man. And for him, he's being charged uh, with manslaughter. I think minimum is six years uh, to six to ten years. Um, but, you know, the way the world works, money can buy you a lot of things. Sometimes it can buy you your freedom when you're wrong. So, um We'll see how that whole situation plays out. I would just say this. If if Alec Baldwin gets a slap on the wrist and walks away unscathed and we see him in movies again eventually a few years down the line. Um, it's, it's, it's something to be said. I never like to play the race card, but I feel if it was a black or brown man that killed a white woman. They'd be trying to throw the book at him. And that's not playing a race car, man. It is what it is. Hollywood is going to do what Hollywood does. Um, so anyways, back to what we got here. Uh, the Gunner Snitch. The Gunner Snitch. People are following him on Instagram. And people close to him uh, kind of distancing themselves, at least on social media. What we see, we never know what can be happening behind closed doors with these people. Because from what I've read and heard, he wasn't the only one telling. But now, does this change? Does this change the way people look at snitches? Because it seemed like the noise was a lot louder when when Six Nine did this. Um, on every podcast, they had a documentary. Um, people talking about him on Clubhouse, arguing about him on Clubhouse. It just seemed like the shit storm was a lot louder for him. With Gunner, it, it's it's a little more quiet. Uh, the news storm isn't so so deep and divulged in it right now. 
Um, even though we hear people reporting on it and, and things of that nature, but definitely not the, not the storm we saw with Takashi. Now, is it different or is it the same? That's up to you to decide. Um, to me, at the end of the day, gonna have songs about being a killer. Gonna have songs about I wouldn't tell on my mans. I wouldn't tell on my partners. Um, uh, invited the gang culture into his life and into his music, as Six Nine did. And um, I'm not from the streets and never claimed to be. I don't follow no street codes. You shoot up my house, um, I'm gonna shoot back and I'm gonna tell the cops. This is how it is. Um, but for these guys that claim to be from the streets and, and, and uh, move and affiliate with uh, gangs and, and people in that world, um, it's the same thing to me. And it's got to be, uh, it can't be uh, moving the goalposts for, for certain people. You know, um, it is what it is, man. Like it or not, Gunna snitched, Takashi snitched. Gonna probably gonna come back. And one thing about this generation now, they're very forgiving when you when you bring when you bring the fire, when you bring the heat. They're very forgiving if Gunna comes out and drops one of the best albums he's ever created. They can be very forgiving. It's it's not like nineties where street grade was street cred was very important in your rap career. So we gotta see what's gonna happen, man. If Takashi can come out and thrive, I think Gunna can too. And uh, I know there's probably a lot more people that told, but just ain't getting publicized for it. Um, So that's what it is, man. Drake's run. One last thing here that I got to say. Drake's run and legacy. Uh, The album with him in 21, great album. Do your thing, 21. Do your thing. Do something for me. <laughs> man, um, Drake, you could you could definitely say he gonna bring the heat, man. Um He hasn't really had any very bad albums. Uh Scorpion was probably a little lower than than his previous albums for me. Um Certified Lover Boy was was not really um an album that I, I go back for replay value. Um, those probably are the two toward the bottom for me out of Drake's catalog. Um, one thing I can say, I I, I definitely like Drake, uh, Drake's style and uh, his music early on, more more on the synth vibes, <laughs> if you want to call it. Uh, I remember when Drake would get killed in 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 memes, and he was the soft guy, right? He went from a meme to one of the biggest rappers in the world and, and held that position for more than 10 years. Um, I remember being a freshman, sophomore when, when So Far Gone and, and Take Care and um, Thank Me Later came out. Headlines, I was a junior in high school. Um, I could I can remember those images vividly. And, and you know... Um, He's he's if, if if one thing I can say, even if I don't like Drake anymore, I don't like what he's about because there's some things that kind of have turned me away. Um, you can never deny the success and the run that he's had. And will we ever see it again? The closest thing was 50 Cent. But will we ever see it again? Someone to dominate and run the game for 10 years, 10 years plus still going. 
Um, I, I don't. I, it's going to be very hard to compete with that. But one thing I will say, watching Quinn Miller on the Vlad show, if if Quinn Miller had that much to do with some of the biggest records in his his catalog, I feel like there's there might be more behind the curtain that we don't see. And 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 a lot of people that may not be getting validated because I know the weekend came out on Rolling Stones and said he wrote and gave half of Take Care to Drake, which was supposed to be for his album. Um, so it's not the first time that he, he's been accused of this. And the one thing I will say. Nobody can compete with Drake's run. But when it's all said and done, will he be in people's top five? When it comes to making music, yes. If you're talking about it being a great rapper and a lyricist, you get disqualified, man. You got to write your own raps. Tupac, Eminem, Jay-Z, Nas. Even though Quentin wrote a little bit for Nas. But we'll say that's later on. These guys are Jada Kiss. These guys write their own raps, man. You can't be in that realm if you don't write your own raps. And Drake might have won the battle with back-to-back. But Meek won the war because he did a lot of damage to Drake's career as it prolonged. And people are starting to pull back the curtain a little bit on his career. But, hey, man, it is what it is. We'll never see that run again. And Drake should be dropping a new album for what I heard. Um... And he did play a show where he played a lot of the classics like Over My Dead Body, Take Me Home, you know, um, Replacement Girl, you know, Best That I Ever Had. So those are things I grew up in in high school and I'll never forget. But that's it for here. It's a new year. Uh, We're getting started again, man. We're going to get the set right. You know, my house getting renovated right now. Um, So... Once everything's right, we're going to make this room the podcast studio and have more guests on for you and uh, bring some things on for you, man, and and get it going and, and really commit to this thing because I love podcasting. I love learning, talking to people and, and hearing people's stories, not just trying to get famous people, but everyday people. We're going to do that here on the Shicey Store, bring you everyday people. Not everyone's a rapper or a ball player. Um, but other than that, thank you for watching. I'm your host, Matt. This was another episode of the Shiesty Show. Shiesty Show. Where we talk about everything and everything with myself and everyday people. Stay up. We out. <laughs>